Abraham Lincoln. Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. Welcome to episode 287 of the All You Can Hear podcast. I am your host, Wenzel, and joining to me today is my other co-host. Possessed by an ancient pug, Colt. Yeah. It's back when the pugs could breathe. So this one's stronger. Yeah, they have breathing problems now. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. It's scary, isn't it? It is. It I mean, is. Halloween is today because it's October thirty first as uh, this is airing. Yep, Halloween is today. It's spooky. It's scary. This is our last final episode of the spooky season. No more scary episodes after this. It's just all gonna be uphill, happy times. Nothing scary ever. Yep. Uh, so do not expect any scary things ever again. Because I'm yeah. done being scared. And now I'm going to be the one doing the scaring. Yeah. But if you couldn't tell from the title, this is part two of our foreign horror films watch. Now, you may be wondering, where are Pat and JoJo? Ants took them. Ants dragged them to the pits, and uh, they haven't come back, so we just decided to do it without them. But yeah, anyway, so we're going to, we watched four films. Um, Pat jo- chose one, JoJo chose one. Colt chose one, and I chose one, and we're going to be talking about them today. Um, we're going to talk about them in the order that we watched them. Uh, we'll be going on about our impressions, opinions, anything we picked up on, what we like, what we didn't like. Um, full spoilers ahead, by the way. Yes. No holding back. Uh, is there anything else maybe I should mention? Um, I'm turning 10 tomorrow, and you're invited to my party. What the fuck are you talking about? I just, just I'm, I'm getting into the mood of uh, being scary, and kids are also scary, to me at least. I guess, I mean, I guess that's true. Kids are scary. A lot of kid horror in this, in these movies we watched. Actually, you're right. Oh yeah, there was a lot of uh, scary kids. Well, and kids being scared. It's, it's a scary world. Yeah, that's true. Um. Anyway, we're gonna start off with the first film. It was Colt's first choice. And um, this film is uh, Korean. It is The Wailing. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, this came out um, in 2016. Is directed by Nong Hong Jin, I believe. I say I believe. I'm looking at it exactly on my fucking phone. Um, yeah. Um, did you want me to say the synopsis, or did you want to say the synopsis? I'll just go ahead and say like why I picked it and whatnot. I first sure. saw this movie back in 2018, and I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it. And I said, I told everyone to watch it. No one ever watched it. So this time around, I was like, finally, I can force people to watch it. I can only force Wenzel this time. Uh, maybe uh, I can force someone else to at some point. Don't plan on it. But uh, 
I, I really loved this movie back then, and I decided, hey, why not give it another watch? I mean, it's been four years, so I forgot almost everything that happened in it. So it was a very fun time uh, re-watching it. Yeah, I bet. Um, or I said I bet. I was there. We watched it together. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun time watching it. Uh, I know Colt's been telling us for so long. I have, I mean, I've, I've seen it everywhere on horror um, Instagram, horror Twitter, everywhere. Um, and it's been talked about, so I've been meaning to watch it. And then when Colt, as soon as we talked about doing this episode, uh, Colt immediately said the wailing. And uh, I was like, hell yeah. So, yeah. Um, so to give you a brief synopsis, this movie is about um, a stranger um, is uh, appears in this village. Again, this film takes place in South Korea. And soon after, people start going crazy. There's also some kind of sickness that's involved with it. It's like boils and like this very messed up skin that kind of falls with it. And then whenever it happens, of course, the police get involved. And we're specifically following one policeman as he um, is trying to figure out this mystery of what's going on. But then also, too... Yeah. Anyway, the mystery starts to involve his daughter, his family. So he, it's like a, it's basically turns into life or death of him trying to solve this and really um, uh, figure out what, what the fuck's going on and to save his daughter, basically. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Um, again, full spoilers. Oh but, yeah, full uh, spoiler. If you want to watch this movie, go ahead and watch it because I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I will say this too. I highly recommend it as well. It's on Shutter. That's where we watched it. But uh, you can rent it, I believe, in a lot of different places. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I was gonna say. I, I guess I'll start with uh, how I felt about it. Like I. Yeah. I, I, you already I, I, got a sense it. that I really like it. I love it actually, and uh, it's uh, it's my favorite of the ones that we picked. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, the horror aspect of it was really good. There was a scene at the very beginning of the movie that is the only thing I remembered from my 2018 watch, and it was the Japanese man, the stranger, uh, crawling over the rock. Cover- he's fully red, covered in blood, got red eyes glowing, and he's just like looking a little creepy, crawling over the rock. <laughs> yeah, it was very striking i was like immediately when i saw him because as soon as he looked at us with the red eyes i was like what the fuck that's very crazy (laughs) i also really enjoyed the uh rituals they had uh later in the movie when the girl was getting possessed and the uh shaman guy was just slaughtering animals dipping uh, his face in blood spitting blood on swords and stabbing a totem. I I really enjoyed that scene because while that was happening, the stranger had his own ritual going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. Um, is it okay if I jump in and talk about those rituals specifically? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like Colt was saying, those rituals were super cool because like we have a lot of different kind of imagery and religion kind of clashing here with like Buddhist imagery, but also I was very surprised with the um, Christian uh, imagery as well because um, whenever 
they start investigating the stranger a little bit more played by the awesome john kunimura um they uh they uncover his kind of like um uh idol uh oh what is it called it's like an area set up for like idols and um oh obviously my god i know what it is it's such a simple term it's such a remember. it's a simple term and i can't remember what it is um it's Trying. what they used to Shrine, yes, there is there. It is part Buddhist, but also part satanic, which is interesting. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting because it also plays later, but um, like combining those two things, and then you have the shaman. So it was like a really cool because the shaman had to prepare to do this ritual. It was very extensive, like it was a whole like live performance and then the stranger was also preparing to do his own ritual it was really cool because he basically went through this whole like purification cleansing process too to do it and um it was about like the shaman having to get rid of this ghost that what's possessing what's haunting the little girl you know he has to he's gonna perform a death hex which is basically putting on like killing this ghost like permanently and it's very powerful and it's very specific and requires a lot and then the stranger in preparation for this he was also um trying to negate it it was pretty cool like it was like, it was like, a, like a wizard battle but like, it was like a spiritual battle yeah. yeah but like rather than like a like rather than a non-form like a demon or something fighting like and we just see the shaman performing. It's like we see the shaman and then the stranger himself performing both rituals. Um, and it was really cool. And the entire time you're thinking like, who the fuck is, who is this guy? Because the entire time we're getting, we're, we are given this prejudice from the um, Koreans um, towards him who is, because he's Japanese. There's all these rumors spread around that he's like causing all this because he's foreign and, um, all of that in there, and then um, it, it was uh, oh gosh, where the fuck was I going with this? Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Give us a break. <laughs> it's a weird Saturday. It's like cloudy, weirdly rainy, but not really. I I uh, had to do some stuff beforehand, so I'm very out of breath and tired, and um, yeah, I've just been completely thrown off. But um, oh gosh. Sorry, sorry, okay, sorry. So, backing up. Uh, the stranger, the entire time, like, so we're getting these rumors, but then it turns out, or what they've said is that this stranger, whoever he is, he's a ghost, but manifest, like, physically, but he's not alive or dead. It's really bizarre. There's a lot of different stuff going on here. It's really cool. Like I said, there's a lot of spiritualism, a lot of rituals, mentions of ghosts, but then also mention of demons, um, infection, like... You know what? Like, it's it's a lot going on here, and I think it it, it incorporates it all really well, and it leaves and it kind of leaves a lot um, to um, not ambiguity, but like where certain parts of the religions kind of cross the borders and blur the lines, and I like that. Yeah, it, it's just so fucking good. And like further in the few in the movie, uh, you find out that the shaman. This is like the very end, actually. The shaman and the Japanese man were both uh, demons or 
they're both evil. They're the bad guys. The Japanese man is a demon, 100%. Because at the very end of the movie, you see one of the guys in his cave talking to him, like, show me your real form. He's like, I mean, this is my real form. I'm a human. Uh, or I'm whatever you want me to be. You've already made your choice, so go ahead and kill me. And then it slowly transitions to him pulling up the camera to his face because he's a photographer. And he takes a picture of him, and the guy's face gets scared whenever he uh, does it. And it, pans, it shoots back to him, and he's got demon claws just saying, like, what are you scared of? Like, are you surprised or something? And he's got, like, horns on his head, and he looks like a... Uh, like a traditional, I would say Japanese yokai. It, it, it looks familiar. Yes, he looks he looks like an oni. Yes, like he looks like a traditional oni, which I thought was really cool. Because like while we have seen, you know, the obviously we have depic- our own depictions of devils and demons and Christianity and in film and stuff. For this, it felt more traditional towards. Um, towards Japanese depictions of Oni, of their own demons and stuff like that. It was really cool, um, the the effects and makeup for him. And um, and and like Colt said, you know, he's like, you've already made your choice because the guy who um approaches him is actually a a deacon in training. <laughs> he gets is, his shit beat up the whole movie. Yeah, he's like he a does punching not have- bag. For real, he did not have a fun time. Uh, and then even at the end, too, uh, it was really cool because he went in there to confront the guy with a sickle. And he's like, if you show me your true form, I'll leave. And then he's like, what makes you think I'll let you leave? It was so sick. And, um, yeah, and like Colt said, the shaman. The shaman is just a shaman, I believe. But he's definitely is in, like some kind of deal or contract or something with this devil, with this demon. Um, because we, we do find out later that, like, uh, that they're working together. He, um, it was all just a ploy for some reason um, from what we can understand. Actually, we don't really understand other than that maybe, like, um, the shaman himself explains that whoever this ghost, this demon is, because it, it's him, like, playing the role of, the shaman of like trying to mislead our main character saying that like you know this ghost this demon whatever he's doing he's just he's just fishing and then we do see actually the stranger and fishing and a lot of different fishing imagery too which which is like i guess is to say that whoever this entity is this demon this devil is that he just it's just happenstance, you know. He he was just kind of testing the waters, fishing, seeing what would happen, and somebody took the bait, and it was the the daughter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I I think that's interesting too. And we see imagery of um those special flowers that uh they look like skulls. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um. There's also a really funny. Well, there's actually a lot of funny scenes. It was I, I like a very f- funny movie, even though it's not <laughs> for, meant to be. For the first, for the first well, like was. thirty minutes, yeah, for the first thirty minutes, me and Colt were laughing. Colt was just like, "I did not remember it being this funny," and it was just really like. I think that's what's really cool about it is that it takes like what we, you know, the supernatural and the uncanny. It's like it, it definitely feels un- surreal and kind of our way of dealing with traumatic events and stuff. But then over the course of like of this film and its universe, you know, it's like, well, 
the these events i mean you could even say this for real life too trauma trauma traumatic events like horrific events i mean they really happen and they're real and um that that part is very much real and i think the way it uses that with um the possession these um this spiritualism and um forces beyond our understanding uh, interacting with us i think it really does well with kind of portraying that and um but i will say in the beginning too there was this woman who was just throwing rocks not hard just tossing them at our yeah, main not character. like the, like intending to hit him just to get his attention just to get his attention you're thinking like man is he gonna do something nope for 30 rocks later he finally gets up and says something to her and finally she does something too and it's just like <laughs> why did you do something after like the fifth rock i don't know i like how funny, the though. scene transitioned to something else and when it came back he was just sitting there on his phone and there was like 40 rocks around him from where she was just <laughs> throwing them in his direction she was just throwing rocks and it's just like where the fuck is she getting all these rocks <laughs> they were sizable rocks too so she was just Pulling him off the wall, I'm guessing. Yeah, that absolutely, and um, and she was interesting too because we find out later that she's um she's a ghost who is just trying to save him and his family. And I thought it was really cool because at first I was thinking like, I was like, oh shit, like we've been tricked. Like the woman in the white dress is the actual enemy here, the actual bad guy. Because there's a really cool part in there where the shaman tries to go to the family to see what's up, but as soon as he gets near the house he just starts bleeding profusely and then he starts throwing up and throwing up blood. It's crazy. It's a and whole it's lot of blood and throw up. It's so much. It's so disgusting, but it's so cool because it's her. It's her doing. The reason why is because she put like a talisman or some kind of border barrier to protect the family and the shaman who is evil, it's meant to repel him and the demon. And since he was getting close, it was having an effect on him. So it was it was her way of, like, threatening this guy. And it was so cool. But, of course, you know, like a lot of possession movies, I will say this is where it's like, okay, it kind of falls into the same trope of, like, at the very end, they end up losing um, the father, the mother, the grandmother. They all get killed. And, um, I mean, the daughter survives, but she's the one that killed them all. And um, the ghost wasn't able to save uh, them. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just – and, like, it was um, – and also, I too, I liked how it it took the prejudice prejudices of these uh, of these people to like kind of use as a vessel for like against them. While like you know, um, I guess like tr I guess what I'm trying to say is like, wow, the Japanese man, whoever he is, he turned out to be an actual demon. But I think that's kind of the way of evil using people's own evil against them which i think yeah. is which is great I, I really liked it yeah i really like this film um um ah gosh any any um anything else any final thoughts um i really the, enjoyed say, the scene at the uh it was at the beginning of the movie when the daughter came to bring her father some change of clothes because he got dirty after getting attacked by one of the women at the crime scene and uh, when she said, like, did you eat yet? Man, you're not even eating? Man. And then she <laughs> lets out a large fart and just leaves. Just leaves. And I was like, I had to take it, I had to take it like a, <laughs> I was really um surprised 
Uh, <laughs> it was really good. You like, could tell me that that wasn't even in the script, and I'd believe you. I just think that the little kid actor uh, just ripped one. The little kid actress actor was really funny. She she was very good too. Like it looked like she was uh, being possessed, and uh, she was in pain. Uh, but I, I I don't think they were doing anything. I think she was just a good actress. She was a very good actress. I think she, I mean she did a good job from being just a great little kid to being a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> like I I thought that was great and um it was so funny too cuz in the beginning there's this part in there where the wife or the mother is looking at the father intensely and we're just like, "Oh shit, is something wrong?" Nah, she's just horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we just get this in, like this just car pounding sex scene. And uh, the daughter ends up seeing it, and it's just like, oh, my God. And then the father takes the daughter out in the town and just buys her a ton of stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> it's so good. It really makes me want to see more Korean movies in general because their brand of humor is is different from a lot of other kinds of humor, and I like it. It, it, was, it was very uh, – that – it was just, like, nonchalant, just seamless transition – Really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, man. You want to say star ratings? I, I've, I'll go ahead and say mine. You, you go ahead. Go ahead. I gave it a four and a half. Four and a half stars. I, I fucking love it. It's fantastic. The only way it could get better, really, for me, is if uh, there were uh, more demon shots. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, that'd be cool. Uh, my star rating is four and a half. I really liked it. Um, it's been a long time coming, and it was a great time. Amen. All right. So our next movie is Pat's Choice. Um, it is The Medium, which is also on Shutter. It is a Thai film directed by... Um, God damn it. I should have looked up how to pronounce these names beforehand. I'm sorry. Um we just kind of jumped into this because we cause we got it done, but then we just went for it. Um, so it was directed by, I'm going to try really hard, Banjong Pisan Tahanakun. That's who it's directed by. Uh, this came out in 2021, and it follows, it's found footage style, which really surprised me, but... Um, I mean, it really, it really feels like a documentary at first. Yeah, and, uh, I, I was, like, thinking, when it started, I was like, is this supposed to be, like, a real thing? Like, where like it's going to be, like, a, like a quote-unquote real exorcist type thing going on here? And, um, and yeah, it, yeah, it's found footage. And it follows the uh, story of Shaman's inheritance in the Isan region of Thailand. Uh, specifically, we're following um, a woman named Neem, who is part of this family, who um, this goddess only um, only possesses the women in this family to be their shamans. And she is one of them. She was the shaman for this goddess, Bayan. And um, we kind of follow her, um, her, her discussing, like, uh, the, the everything has, you know, energy, everything is as a soul spirit or what have you and everything is kind of like um a force in that way and um 
and kind of explaining that and uh, going into like more of like again it's found footage so it um follows more of uh another character we have uh so like because like at first our focus is name but then at some point we swap back to mink who is her um niece and her basically becoming possessed because from uh what we're given it's very um this goddess and what happening and what's happening right now is not benevolent it's not good no and that possession is crazy uh <laughs> like uh we're not going to give you all the details of it but like there was a a, a fucking whenever she at her job she got fired and you think it's cuz she's sick and she's staying out uh getting getting into work late and stuff like that but no the boss shows security footage of just her getting just going to town with all these different guys all over the office on everyone's desks and like that's when you think oh okay that makes sense uh, that makes sense uh, like okay that's why she was fired um yeah it's not because she was <laughs> sick or anything like that yeah because the entire time we're thinking like man like she's obviously in terrible pain and sick like why are they doing this to her but then come to find out it's like oh well that makes sense yeah you get fired <laughs> over that for sure but, now, to be fair, we still feel bad for this character, Mink, because this is not something she wants. No, um, no. Because, because, um, so, there's a, it, it, sorry, I'm burping. Uh, so, the, in the synopsis, it's the horrifying story of a shaman's inheritance. And what's interesting about it is that, wow, Bayan is depicted as being benevolent goddess who protects them, people in this region, this family and everything, um, to become the shaman for this goddess. The women, the woman specifically, has to be possessed. That's the only... And now we're not talking about like demon possession or anything. It's just that for their phrasing and how to explain it, it's it's possession. And it's not like they're completely taking over the body it's like they're coexisting so that the shaman can interpret the will and everything of the goddess while also using that to help the people um and that's basically what it is and then um throughout this we're seeing like uh what appears to be that mink is basically going to become the next shaman she's going to she's going to be possessed by bayan but that is not the case because it does play out. I will say, like, so gripe wise. Um, sorry, sorry. I, I'm, you know what? I'm getting too far. What did you think of it, Cole? Let, let let's get your opinion impression on it. Sorry. I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was a fun little possession movie. Uh, there was there was one thing. Uh, fuck. I'll save that for a little bit. I uh, just just all the things she did while possessed. I really enjoyed because uh, I thought it was funny and just wild and batshit. Uh, she got on a table at one point and just pissed on it, just looking at the camera. She'd hide in the corners of the homes and stare at the camera and just it's it, all around some crazy batshit stuff going on, kidnapping babies. Uh, yep. But if, if I, there was one thing I had to say that like I didn't like for sure is uh there's a scene where she is uh 
there's a cute little white fluffy dog. I think it's a Maltese, a Maltipoo. And it's so cute. There's a scene where she tries to, like, fuck with it. And uh, the dog thinks she's playing. And it just does zoomies all around the house. And it's very cute. <laughs> and then, it was, like, it was funny. 30 minutes later, uh, not in time, it was like a few days later in the show, or in the, in the movie, uh, you see her grab the dog, put it in the pot, and then kill the dog in a pot of boiling water, which, it, as a viewer, you can tell that she was being very careful with the dog. She carefully put it in the pot and put the lid on it carefully so she didn't hurt the dog in real life. And then the, she would slowly rock it back and forth. But in the movie, they definitely fast-forwarded that footage so it looks like she's violently shaking the dog inside the pot. I think that was a fun little thing. And as a pet lover... Uh, I don't want to see dogs being brutally fucking murdered, but it was nice to see that they actually cared for the dog on set for that little shot. Yeah, because she, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Because, like, we've seen so many um, possession movies, movies involving that, where, I mean, it's always the pets. The pets get killed or hurt before. And it's I mean, all that the may- horror movies, man. I hate it. Like, if you see an animal in a horror movie, that animal is most likely going to be dead by the end of this movie. Yeah, and, I mean, it makes sense because they're saying that, you know, they're incapable of defending themselves, they're weaker, uh, what have you, so they're they're innocent, so, of course, they have to be killed, whatever. Um, but like, I think what was weird about this movie for that was that we're, so, um, the entire time you're led to believe that Bai Yan is possessing Mink, but come to find out that it's not. And that is because Neem is doubtful, but also too, they do figure out that it's not, it's something else. It's basically the spirits of not only people, but of different animals, plants, and everything have come together to form one single entity that is possessing her. And natural spirits, too, I should say. Um, So I was thinking, like, okay, well, if these are natural spirits and they're mad, why are they going to hurt a dog? Because isn't a dog part of nature, part natural, you know? Why would yeah, you... Yeah, it's like innocent little creature. It's an animal. So, like, you know, if these are the spirits of animals in here, why would why would they be so nefarious to do that? I mean, I guess you could say, like, oh, well, you know, they're animal spirits, so they're probably... Because she, in her possessed form, she does eat partially... <laughs> Sorry, I sneezed. Partially the dog. And, um... Yeah, so... I, that that's something I thought was interesting. I will say everything. Um, I uh, so um, everything I did like too was about like this kind of lore. This um, about you know shamanism, about this region, about um, this goddess. Every like everything that like was said and made and made. Um, I um, I really I really liked. I really love lore and religion learning about it and all the different like rituals and conditions because there were it was really interesting um especially like learning about this because we're we're told that bayan you know they don't know where she came from or who 
put this statue here or what she is. They just know she's, they make her, they, she's a goddess, but also a natural spirit, which is like, ah, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, Oh gosh, where to where else to go? Um, anything, any other uh, maybe gripes or negative things you might have to say about this cult? Or, uh, you, you know, I don't really have any other negative things to say about it because I thought it was a fun time. It, it's like it it can be a little uh, it's a possession movie at times. Like you've seen some of this before, but I I really enjoyed it. The scene where her, she was uh. When the final ritual was going on, I really enjoyed that whole thing from the beginning to end, really. Just whenever the wind started sweeping up and uh, back at the home where you find out, like, her mom replaced her in the ritual. But it's not like that. It's weird how they did it. They locked Mink in her room at home and they took her mom to do the ritual at this thread factory. And uh, the uh, at home... Minks it like, oh my god, what's going on? Like, trying to get the door open. And, like, as a viewer, you're like, uh, I don't know if you should open that. And then there's, and the people at home are like, yeah, I don't think we should open the door. Uh, we gotta wait for the ritual and them to come back to say, yeah, we're good. Uh, but then you hear baby crying, and the, the mother of the baby is, like, sitting in the living room. She looks in the little carriage that she has that has the baby in it. And uh, she doesn't see a baby, so the demons got into, the spirits got into her head, make it to where she doesn't see a baby. And she thinks the baby's in the room with Mink, and uh, just the whole time Mink is making these baby noises. And uh, eventually, the mother cuts the throat of the, uh, does she cut the throat of the guy, or just pushes him to the side? No, uh, so it was really, it was actually a really good scene where the cameraman, um, one of them, the crew, punches her in the face and then she punches back yeah okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was really cool because you really believe like this whatever's happening is insane and the cameramen while they've been not really helpful much they're at least like they recognize like what's going on and how exactly dangerous it is it's just and, um, so fucking good. And along it, with that, like the whole like a cameraman death slideshow at the end, not slideshow, uh, just compilation. Sequence. Uh, with the cameraman hiding, suddenly all the lights are blacked out. You see everyone's killing themselves. And the one cameraman's just sitting in the corner, and all suddenly an army of footsteps just start making imprints in the dust on the floor. I fucking love that scene. And then the one cameraman that's out in the woods while uh, the humans that are possessed by spirits are running at them on all fours, ripping them to shreds Just all around. Yeah. Some really cool shit. Yeah. I, I will like, so like my negative thing about it, my criticism is um, it definitely feels like your basic possession movie. Um, but keep in mind though, this is, you know, I, I, you know, do away with your notions of what, you know, demons or devils are. This is in this we have um well they I mean what what's been created is essentially a demon, but we could say for this specifically, we have the lines between goddess, gods, natural spirits, spirits, demons, and again are blurring, are being crossing where they they coexist as one you know coexist together and 
what's the I'm trying to think of the phrase here they they coexist and like are capable of the same um uh what's like they're capable of the same kind of evils I guess if you yeah. want to say it like that um and um especially that just that whole sequence from when they um, start the ritual to the very end was like Colt said, just terrifying and, um, or awesome. And, um, and yeah. And like, um, and so like, again, most of it plays out like a usual uh, possession story and that can be home, you know, um, humdrum, you know, kind of tried and true. But again, I, I think what, kind of refreshes it in my opinion is about the crossover between goddesses and demons and everything all that like everything that's mentioned in this um the lore i i think that kind of refreshes it a little bit and then with that last sequence um we uh there was a really cool part where the mother was hearing those baby cries and the the one the the crew tells the cameraman check in the um the crib and he looks in the crib and the baby's right there not crying at all and it was it was pretty cool and then with the ritual going on it was really cool too because they were like i guess you can say they were happening simultaneously um and um we so after basically all of the ritual participants had been killed except for the crew um, there's this really cool part because like Colt said, we're misled to believe that Mink is here at the ritual, but no, she's locked in her room. And I think what this was supposed to be was like, um, because Noi, that's the mother of Mink that she was originally supposed to be the shaman for Bayan, but she forced it upon Neem, which is like learning about that and the family dynamic is really really interesting as well and um i don't know if this was supposed to be like an exorcism of not only mink but of noi or to make bayan go into noi because by the end of it bayan has also possessed noi and it was crazy because the entire time noi is her face is covered in blood but she's smiling it's so goddamn creepy it really is she and looks like, like a kind uh, older woman normally, but for some reason, I think they like removed her eyebrows or made them to wear the same color as her skin, and uh, just put blood on her face. And she looked like a fucking scary person. She didn't look human, which was like crazy because they didn't do much to her besides, like Colt said, I, I think they might have probably put in like maybe darkened her, um, not her pupils, the white of the eye yeah the whites of the eye or whatever they like her eyes look dark I, I don't know maybe that's just me but anyway she looks scary and there was a really funny part too where she's having everybody light incense and then she takes all the incense and instead of putting them up like you're supposed to she puts them downward into the um into the pot which was like oh shit and then you're thinking, like, oh, shit, is Noi possessed, too? Like, no, no. She's legitimately possessed by the goddess Bayan because Mink, after doing what she does, she makes her way over there. And Noi is like, is like I am the shaman of Bayan. I carry Bayan's will. You are going to leave my daughter and starts to chant and tries to exercise the demon's um, spirits from Mink. And 
let me tell you, she fails. Um, because like Colt said again, there was the cameraman watching this happen, and then all these footprints started just going directly towards her. It was really cool. And Mink ends up setting Noi on fire, and Bayan is I don't know, I mean, she's not dead, but like this this goddess, this natural spirit, she's defeated. <laughs> yeah. Like like again, like the the powers here and where they line up, it's really interesting. And um, gosh, there was this really good scene too where Neem was going to the statue to pray to Bayan, but somebody had cut off Bayan's head, the statue head, which was like it was really brutal. Like she, the way she screamed, it was really well done. Um, honestly, the performances were great. Yes, they were. The uncle probably did the best performance for me. Uh, he was doing really good, especially whenever his uh, baby was missing and he was trying to find it. Yeah. Yeah, he All was he, good. He was really good. Um, gosh, and then we get this really... I I think it's probably one of the best scenes in the film besides the final sequence is, is when um, at the very end we're getting like kind of a final scene of like kind of put perspective onto everything is when Neem is talking to the camera and she's trying to do um, some prayer and stuff because Neem dies in the film, by the way. Yeah. She, um, she Before dies. Before the ritual even starts. Yeah. And uh, we get, we get this footage of right before she dies where she's trying to pray or do the ritual, but she kind of just get, she kind of like gives up and like kind of just throws the plate um, with rice and stuff like that offerings and they the camera crew is like what happened right there what's going on and she it's this really kind of like heartbreaking scene of her trying to work up the courage to say like I haven't felt Bayan in you know in a long time I don't feel her presence anymore and then, then she leaves and then the movie ends with the shot of the windows and the wind blowing which is really good. I really enjoyed that ending. That was really good, and it's so sad. Uh, so, um, I, I guess, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, very good. Uh, very I don't have good. anything else, really. Yeah, um, let's go into scores? star ratings. Yeah. All right. I gave it four stars. I, I really enjoyed it, and I also highly recommend this. I think it's a very fun. I thought it was very fun to... Uh, watch The Wailing and then this like back to back because they're both possession movies and I, and I really they're, enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, they're both very similar and yeah. Um, I gave it four stars as well. Um, it does obviously have your same kind of possession beats but I think for a lot of the concepts here and the acting, they're so strong, so good. It's I think it's worth it to watch it. Um, it's on Shudder. I say take the chance. Check it out. Next up, we have A Tale of Two Sisters. This was chosen by Jojo. This is another Korean film. Honestly, the only one that we've doubled up on um, in terms of regions. And, yeah. Uh, this came, yeah. This came out in uh, 2003, directed by Kim Ji-Woon. This is an interesting movie i'll say that it's um, very interesting mm -hmm. so we follow um a sister 
who has been released from a mental institution. She's been very sick. That's all we've been told. She comes home to with her sister, um, her father, and her uh, new stepmother. And then we f- we follow kind of her um, with different ghosts, not different ghosts, uh, events involving ghosts, uh, horrifying nightmares and dreams, and then um, just of over just horrific stepmother um and and over the course of the film it kind of unravels as a part of a very dark history for this family um and um yeah uh so i'll say it this is probably i believe the weaker of the films we watched oh it's 100 my least favorite of the ones we watched easily because and now Keep in mind, we don't say this because it's bad. It was just the way it was presented was just, it really, we just didn't like it. Um, yeah, like, it was, um, I, I yeah. didn't hate it. I didn't really like it, but I had fun watching it. Uh, I had fun watching it. That's a big thing that really matters. Uh, if you were to ask me to tell you what happened in this movie... I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing other than there were sisters. Uh, this is the equivalent, the movie equivalent of trying to. Someone asks you about Kingdom Hearts, and you're they're like, "Explain Kingdom Hearts to me." I'll be like, "I can't, I I can't tell you. I just don't know how to tell it to you right now." It's something it, you it's have kinda... <laughs> to experience for yourself because I get it and I understand everything that happened in the movie. It's just I cannot even think to where to begin. Yeah, I like I I agree. Like it's something that honestly you have to watch for yourself to kind of get where we're coming from because so like criticism, it was really hard to follow. 100%. And, yeah, like we were it was it was very hard and I and I get it. I get why it was done that way. And then by the end of it, you're you're still kind of having to piece stuff together, but not really that much cuz you're kind of it's kind of finally put out there. So to kind of give you an idea, again, this is full spoilers. Um, and if, you know, if you want to just enjoy us talking about it, because if you watched it too. Um, so basically this girl um, who comes from this mental institution uh, with her sister, her sister is dead. Her sister does not exist anymore. Like the entire time she's a ghost. And I will say it was very well done how, the father, every time he interacts with his daughter, he was very, de- they were very deliberate about only interacting with her to acknowledge the fact that, well, she's, uh, the si- the young, uh, not the younger, uh, the sister, Su Yun, is dead, gone. Uh, Su Mi is the only living daughter. And, um, and also, too, we're thinking, like, okay, so there's that. But then we come to find out that the stepmother is not really there. I don't even think she's her actual stepmother. Um, the entire time, it's literally just her and her father. Um, because we get these really, like, just horrific moments between the stepmother and her and her stepmother committing, like, awful atrocities and come to find out that, no, like, that hasn't been happening the entire time. Like, it's just been her and her mind and with her illness and, like, also, too, like... Um, you know, we, we come to find out too that her original her birth her 
birth mother was actually killed. Not killed. She hung herself. And when she hung herself, the daughter, Sue Young, discovered her. When she did, she freaked out. And that caused um, her mom hung herself in their in her wardrobe and that caused her the wardrobe to fall on top of her including the body of her mother and that caused her to suffocate basically and the stepmother not the stepmother but the woman who is the stepmother through this girl's imagination um she was actually a friend of her uh of her father um obviously it was more than just friends because there's some kind of romance there some kind of intimate connection and she actually knew something happened but didn't do anything so she she blames her for being complicit in the death of her sister which is fair because she was she went up there stood at the doorway her sister saw her her foots and then she left and didn't do anything about it um and she was and it was a very horrific scene of her like the girl scraping the wardrobe and her causing her fingers to bleed because she's yeah. scraping so hard and um and so like so like we do get this imagery of like okay well maybe there is something supernatural going on but then it isn't until like the very end of the film where we get this really kind of i mean this very scary sequence with the stepmother where she goes into um the room and this just horrifying Sue Yun coming out of the wardrobe. It was really cool. And um but like the way it's pieced together, I I guess obviously it's supposed to kind of um replicate the girl's state of mind. Um the music was really good. I'll say that too. Killer just soundtrack um very uh the the main theme you hear is lullaby. It's very childlike, very kind of um innocent and um yeah, it was just, it was just the way it was done. It was just too hard to follow, in my opinion, for me to actually kind of like it. Because there's been some movies where they'll have that kind of, um, they'll be portrayed like that, and I'll really like them. But this one, it just, it didn't hit me like that. I just didn't like it. Yeah, a lot of what you said is uh, the same for me. It's just. Really? Too hard to follow? My brain is too small, and it was hurting already, and I just did not feel like comprehending uh, that day, or the other day we watched. Yeah. Uh, it would be, I feel like it would definitely be better if uh, you watch it a second time, because you'd know and you'll notice more things as you go on. But as a first-time watch, man, it was a struggle. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think... Uh, I've been told this about a lot of films is that films, well, certain ones aren't meant to be just watched once. They're meant to be watched multiple times because they're an experience. And I definitely believe that probably if you were to watch this more, you would you would catch more things. Maybe you'd like it. I definitely think we hold our right to change our opinions later if we happen to rewatch it. But for right now, the first viewing, it was just kind of middling, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's kind of all we have to say. Uh, should we go into? Let's is there any it. final thoughts? Ra- uh, ratings. Uh, final thought is check out. I saw the devil. This director also directed that. Very brutal, fantastic, very scary. Uh, check that out. It's pretty good. I need to watch it. Yep. And uh, I guess star ratings. 
I gave it three stars because uh, I I did have fun watching it, and like half of a star of that is just me being happy that I watched it. I guess that's it. Yeah, I it's been on my watch for list forever, so I'm glad I got to watch it too. Um, yeah, I gave it three and a half. Um, again, it's middling. I liked it, but at the same time, I disliked it. Like, there's no strong opinions on it. It was a fun watch. Yeah. All right, ready to move on to the last one, the final film. Yes, yes. All right, this film was my choice. Uh, recently, Criterion finally, or yeah, finally it was this month, October. Criterion released a physical, um, enhanced version of this film. This came out in 2019. This is La Llorona. This was directed by Jairo Bustamante. I if I, I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, you can you know I will do my part to make sure to learn these directors names because I will, you know, whatever films these directors put out, I will watch, um, for the most part. So I'll definitely, you know, try to learn these better. But anyway, I chose this film. This is Guatemalan. Um, I've been really interested in watching this because I didn't hear about it until Criterion announced they were making one. Um, a physical version of this for the Criterion Collection because this came out the same year that The Curse of La Llorona came out, which is a completely different film that takes place in the Conjuring universe, which was really fucking bad. And a lot of people <laughs> know that and realize that. that uh, They think that that one is bad, but since they came out at the exact same time, uh, people think, oh, they're just talking about the shit one when they are actually talking about this one. Yeah. So it just hurts so, it even more. It hurts it so much. It's such a bizarre thing where you have two films that do deal with La Llorona, and they came out the same exact year, and because one of them was, an, you know, um, specifically is in a, takes place in an American film franchise universe it got more publicity and more just you know marketing because i remember i remember it so much all i could see all i would hear is about the curse of la llorona it's in theaters hell amc is doing a re-showing of it right now the curse of la llorona it's so annoying and it's and it's it's so it's so awful it's like a weird scenario but um this film basically follows uh a general general um enrique enrique um he has been accused is on trial for the genocide and war crimes against the mayan people and we follow him his family and their uh staff in their mansion basically being isolated because uh, protesters are all outside, kind of sw- swarmed out outside the house. So everybody except for um, for the staff and for security can't leave the house because they're in danger, basically. And um, it's kind of a, like a family drama of them having to deal with the their uh, their grandpa. Um, there's a little girl. Um, the young the daughter uh is a doctor she this is her father of um of them dealing with 
the history of the country and the history of him and what he's done. And, yeah, she, the uh, daughter's realizing, like, oh, shit, I guess, yeah, my dad is a huge piece of shit. Uh, genocide guy. Not good. Yeah, and... Um, and and the, 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 the mother, his wife, is being a total bitch the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, and... um. And yeah, and then of course, you know, we get um, La Llorona gets into the picture, and uh, yeah, let's. Uh, w- I'm gonna ask you first, of course, Colt. What uh, what do you think about this film? I thought it was very good. I think the uh, woman that played Alma was very, very good at what she did in that movie. It was it wasn't necessarily scary, but I thought it was good in the way that like. In the end, it was justice, and it was a feel-good ending, in a way. Yeah. Even though um, it wasn't, like, a happy ending. It, it, it's just justice. Yeah. So, yeah, the um, so our, our La Llorona is this woman named Alma. She's played by Maria Mercedes Caroy. Um, also, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um Amazing actress. Also, kind of have a crush on her now. <laughs> um, she was just phenomenal because the entire time she does this really great performance, and of and I think they do this for a lot of, I guess, ghosts in films. Is that like, while she can interact with everybody, she's very much present. She's physical at the same time. Whenever she speaks, whenever she moves, she's very deliberate, very slow, very meticulous. And I think that's because she is a spirit. And with how she interacts with humans and us, it's um, it's very abstract, very um, like time is kind of like um, messing with that, with that um, with that ability ability to communicate and. Also, too, to kind of, like, keep herself um, hidden. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I um, I definitely... This movie is a slow burn. And it's definitely not your traditional horror film. Um, and I think that's what makes it really cool, in my opinion. I, I loved it. I, I assumed I would li- love it. Um, and I did. And um, of how it deals with... Um, like racial tensions between the native the indigenous people and um this um the government and uh how of what the the divide between between them um like i'm trying to think how to put this because like there's like there's a very obvious like the uh the general and his family they're they're very you know white and then the um the indigenous they're Spaniards. People, I'm assuming. Yeah, yes. There there's a clear divide between the two and that tension and while, you know, um like that they obviously they speak the language, they live there and stuff, they're still they because they're these these their descendants and because of their status, they obviously still are prejudiced, racist, uh, discriminatory because, you know, of, again, the general himself, the atrocities he's committed, but also, too, they view the staff, the staff are native um, persons, indigenous people, and while they are, you know, 
they are there they you know they only treat them as staff while at the same time like when they ask for for anything more they're considered ungrateful or they're considered you know uh, like all all the way it deals with that i really um I thought it was fantastic, and of course, incorporating the legend of La Llorona in this. Um, how La Llorona, if you don't know, is a legend about a, a weeping woman who um, either drowns or her children get drowned, and she um, she forever haunts. Uh, uh, gosh, uh, do you, uh, like uh, haunts like? marshes or wetlands or or just streets in general like she haunts everywhere she's looking for her kids or she's she's crying because she lost her kids and uh she just walks a street and my the thing about her that i like and that shows up in the movie is that when you hear her up close and it sounds like she's really close to you that means she's actually far away and if she sounds far away that means she's actually really really close to you yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really well done, and um, and in this too, you know, because I I was looking up the legend about her, and a lot of it says that like, you know, she either drowned her children or her children were drowned, and she's like, uh, she's kind of like a vengeful, she's like kind of an evil spirit, but in this scenario, she's more of uh, a force of spirit representing the cries and um, anger and sadness of a people that were wronged. Like, I I really like that, kind of like turning the legend a little bit into something more of a powerful kind of um, symbol, force for a a people who have been um, silenced, you know? I I really like that. it's definitely like uh, it's not your traditional horror film again. There's no, and I think that's also what makes it great too because there's no jump scares or anything. It's a slow burn. It's very, I mean, if you want to say artsy, you could say that too. But I think that's what gives it a lot of power there too, and a lot of credit is like how um, horror films don't have to follow these tropes. They can be something like this, like something slow, maybe not something as like so you know just upfront like boo like just a second scare you know like that it's like it's it's like this um really really good um oh gosh yeah no there was just this uh crazy cool imagery where uh, at the very end we the whole house is just fucking surrounded by spirits by the um by the people who have been killed it, it was just incredible and then also too like um Gosh, the courtroom scene where they're in, where they're in court and they're like explaining, um, kind of like going over his verdict. I thought was really really cool. Um, yeah, I uh, I really like this. Um, I'm trying to think, what else? What else is there to say? Um, like I I really enjoyed it too. I the Alma the the woman. Uh, I, another thing I liked about her is that she was actually really kind to everyone but the genocider. Uh, like, the daughter, the granddaughter of the family, she actually was really kind and, like, was really nice to her. And uh, even though she used her as a tool to get to the grandfather, she didn't want to hurt her. Yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Um, so, like, there was a moment in there where the daughter, granddaughter, gets his oxygen tank, and it was all kind of a... 
a very thought out plan where the daughter takes the oxygen tank. The daughter goes into the pool to not only take, not only use the oxygen to kind of like, like um, help her breathe on the water so that she doesn't drown, but also to take the oxygen away from the general too, to basically help him (laughs) drown. Like, you know, him not being able to breathe properly to take that and, um, to make sure that the granddaughter's not hurt, but also too then to use also the um the grandmother, the um the wife of the general to um kill her uh the general as well. And I think it was um I really like the scene too because there were these moments where the 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 grandmother was having dreams because the entire time she's just a bitch, man. She she just does not believe these people. She doesn't believe these atrocities. She calls them whores, prostitutes, all these terrible things. And um but then she keeps having these dreams of her it's her, but like she's um she's obviously in the position of Alma of what she went through during the during the years that the genocide happened. Um, or specifically the, the killings specifically happened, the mass killings. And, um, the entire time we're, we're kind of getting the sense that maybe, maybe the, the mother, the grandmother, the wife, she's kind of having, having her doubts finally too. And then at the very end, um, we kind of see how Alma met her fate. She was killed. Um, we don't know if she was killed, you know, obviously shot directly by the general himself, or that was supposed to be like, kind of like a, a metaphor kind of like uh, figuratively like he gave the orders so he knew but in that moment we see um the grandmother she looks at Alma's dead body and she just gets so angry she grabs um the general and chokes him and then turns out that she was being possessed also and she killed him in in real life um it was really incredible and I think it was a kind of a moment of like um <sighs> it's it's interesting because like it's like take it's like even though this family has been kind of back and forth between like what's you know what's true and what's not it's like they they were kind of in a way taking back like fighting back finally against this man against in a and like fighting for the indigenous indigenous women because of how indigenous women specifically like I mean, all throughout history, but also, too, like, if, if anybody's been paying attention to any sort of news of how they've just been treated, been treated, like, throughout, I mean, throughout history, and, like, ah. Uh, Even currently it, with the, the indigenous women that go missing every year. I, yes, exactly. That's Canada, what, on that one road, I cannot remember the name of, but there's a road in Canada that's specifically, uh, indigenous women just go disappearing, and nobody's uh, doing anything about it. There's there's not enough reporting about it. that's literally what I was gonna what that's what I was trying to bring up is like so many indigenous women are going missing and like yeah it's just um of how it, it deals with that in in such a only ninety seven minutes how it deals with that and how it needs to be addressed more that's why I really liked about this film um as well and um yeah um that's, that's so much to say um but I I really loved it. And um, I definitely think anybody should, here should go check it out. Um, any final thoughts? Sorry, I've been taking a lot up of this airtime. Uh, not really. I, I thought it was a fun time. Uh, I say fun. Fun is a genocide and revenge can be. Uh, it, it was really good. Oh, 
um, the final scene too, where one of the other generals was uh, going to the bathroom, and then you start to hear La Llorona again. It was really good too. Yeah, it was really good because it shows that the curse is still going, and she's not done yet. She's not done yet. There's a, there's others. Just like I mean, just like in history, there's a. It's not just one. It's multiple, multiple men, and it is men. Um, but uh, I guess let's go to star ratings. What's uh, what was your rating? I went with uh, three and a half stars. I I enjoyed it. It was a good little movie. Yeah, I I I definitely um I definitely see that um because again, it's not your typical horror, but um if you're willing to kind of go outside of that and watch something that's a little bit slower, um I definitely think give it a shot. Um I went I went four and a half, but the more I think about it, I might even go higher. I might just give it the full five because I really loved it. Um and uh yeah. So we've watched eight films. Eight. And oh, counting the ones at the beginning of the month. Okay, <laughs> total <yeah>. movies. <laughs> uh uh, well, uh, out of all the eight films, what would you say your top uh, three is, Colt? Oh, shit. What were the first four again? The Sadness, Possum, Climax, and Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. I think uh, number one, are you saying top three? Yeah, top three. Just top three. Uh, number one, The Wailing. Number two, Climax. And number three... Uh, uh, the medium. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Solid. I thought the the climax still fucking really good. I I really enjoyed that movie, and I remember everything climax. about it essentially. Climax is so fucking good. You're right. Um, yeah. I guess my top three would uh, I would put La Llorona, number one. Um, number two, climax, and number three, the whaling. Uh. Yeah, this is a solid lineup of films, I believe. Definitely go, um, you know, obviously with the, with one of the first films from the first of the month. Um, you know, check that out in your own discretion. But uh, yeah, give these give these films a shot. Uh, I think they're really good. Please, but, just um, uh, just like not just these movies, just any foreign horror movie. Show that people in America actually care about them, please. Because I think it'd be cool <laughs> to have more of these in theaters for us to go and see. <laughs> Ah, for real, dude. Oh my god, Alabama really gets uh, they they get lucky. Uh, we get lucky sometimes, but uh, for the most part, it's really slim pickings. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, um, actually, I don't have an also. Never mind. But uh, yeah, thank you for uh, listening. I hope you enjoyed this uh, this uh, movie talk. These uh, two parts, because um, it was really fun watching these movies and talking about them, and. Um, yeah, thank you for sticking around to listen to them. I hope everybody's had a good spooky season, a good uh, Halloween. Um, and you know what? Spooky season doesn't have to end. You can have spooky season all all year. Yeah, like, uh, for me, Halloween is not the end of it. Like, I'm going to be watching horror movies well into November. November is essentially Halloween part two for me. Yeah, I get really scared on Thanksgiving. That's yeah. true. Because I know I'm going to eat so much food that I'm going to be moaning. I'm like, oh, it's the spirits of uh, the food <laughs> and then, And then your mom's going to fucking get a gun and parade, uh, walk around the house. And just fire it off in the cabinets and stuff. 
<laughs> God. Um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, currently looking at plugs. Give me a minute. Um, but yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, and all you can hear. Subscribe to us. Leave us a rating, review, feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you love us? Do you hate us? Um, well, don't tell us if you hate us. Uh, it'll make us, us a, sad. It'll so make us sad. sad. Leave us a leave us a leave us a review, a five star review. It really helps us out. Um, tell us if you'd like us to do more of these um, these parts, these kind of going into these movies like this. Um, if you have any movie suggestions, you know, let us know. Tell us. Uh, we're on Twitter at AYCH Podcast. We're on Instagram AYCH Podcast. Um, follow us on there. Um, we're on twitch.tv slash all you can hear. Uh, we will, we might be doing stuff on there maybe in the future. I don't know. Uh, yeah, hopefully, well, maybe. If we announce anything, uh, look up, look out for us on our other podcast that Wenzel and I do with our friend Tanner. You might remember him from OGAYCH. He's an old senile man now, and we essentially lock him up in my closet until we play video games with him. Yeah, that is true. We we get him out, we give him some milk, and we're like, all right, Tanner, here you go. We give him the controller, and uh, <laughs> he just plays a video game, and we just, you know, <laughs> we just he let it happen. He always forgets that he's been locked in my closet for, like, weeks on end, uh, like, immediately after we let him out. So, it's it's been fun. Yeah, we give him some eggshells for, you know, some protein, but... um. <laughs> yeah, go check out the backlog, boys, <laughs> where, where we talk about video games, and uh, yeah, well, you'll hear stuff about that um, eventually, um, about you know maybe streaming or anything like that. But uh, yeah, and you can find us on YouTube, all you can hear, where we have all our vods, vods from past streams and stuff like that. So um, yeah, go check out uh, our extra channel, AYCH Extra. There, like I said, we have backlog, boys. We just released. Uh, our first episode of our of our um, I guess series, if you want to call it that, but it's just what we're doing. Um, Very proud of what, it. I, I really enjoy doing. Yeah, that. what 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 our podcast is about. Uh, we talk about the Last of Us Part One. We go in depth. Um, it was really good. Colt does a good job of getting us facts. We go into talking about our opinions, impressions of it. Tanner and they don't care into, about your feelings, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we we go we did that. Uh, yeah, so go check that out. We also have our first, basically, video game banter episode. Um, that's episode zero, and um, those are both out. There's also Cinema Grimoire with JoJo, Ash, and Pat, where they talk about goth culture uh, and films. Um, and then go check out Pat's Ultraman Files as well, where Pat talks about Ultraman. Um, there's also Cajun Greatness. They're doing stuff. Um uh, there's also Tanner's Muscle Orchestra, which is also on the extra feed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so go check this out. We really appreciate it. And uh, you can follow me, Winslow, on Twitter, at Winslow Wicking. You can follow my art Instagram, at World of Winslow. You can follow my bookstagram, Winslow Banters. You can go to my store, worldofwinslow.vigcartel.com, where I sell prints and stickers. I appreciate it. Uh, my link tree has my links for everything, my letterbox, my Goodreads, all that. So go check that out. Thank you again for listening, and uh, happy Halloween. My name's Colt. Follow me on Twitter, ColtD00. I'm gonna go gaming. And uh, you'll hear all about our gaming on our 
next episode of the Backlog Boys. Uh, we, we tr- we'll try to put all our gaming info there instead of like dumping it on you here because we know you hate to hear about gaming, of course. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but I guess go out. Uh, if Since it's Monday, I assume you already had your parties on Saturday and Friday. Uh, celebrate on those days if you want or celebrate tonight. Trick or treat. Uh, Trick or treat, yeah. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. And if you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. Yeah, I've never heard like, that last part. Do they say that? I don't. No, I just remember that from elementary school. I have no fucking clue. Okay, well, uh, if you are going trick-or-treating right now as an adult... Um, do not pull down anyone's underwear or your own. Yeah, don't do that. Also, too, um, can't you just buy candy? Yeah, there's no point. <laughs> Why are you just, trick-or-treating? Just go buy it. It's like less effort. It's immediate. Anyway, no uh, shame woo! though. Do it if you woo! want. No, no shame. No shame. Do what you want. Uh, it's just, just like uh, it feels like it's too much effort when you could easily just buy it. That's my. Thing. I know. But yeah. Like, sorry. Anyway, uh, we're getting off track. Bye. Bye. Bye.